This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Has any ground ever rattled you? Yeah, I can see Stanley away. So Why do you love to chew so much? Don't you think it's more manly to face the ball? But I don't think his level of housery would have took him that <laughs> Full pyjamas, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry, there's a dog in the park. Uh, are you parched? No, no absolutely not. Who's parched? Oh. <laughs> oh. Full frontal. Full frontal. <laughs> Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Aaron Ramsdale, Peter Crouch and Chris Dark are with me as usual. All right, boys? Yes, mate. Yeah, you right, mate? Yeah. yeah how, how, how did you find the bike? Yeah, tiring. Good fun, though. Good fun. I think it'll be something we do again. Stag do, maybe? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Did you, Chris? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen about this yet, where have you been? Um, Aaron took us on a uh, sort of beer bike tour of the emirates and surrounding areas um i felt like i learned a fair bit i think it's the first tour you've done so we've got to give you a, you know a bit of a break on that one give me a, a little bit yeah the not... bat stronger and all that is the motto I'll, I'll do it again <laughs> come back for a second time one of my favorite moments from this you're wearing your goalie shirt so it literally has your name on the back right and you're bowling around the Emirates and all, all the sort of surrounding areas. And it's like he's hiding in plain sight. <laughs> You're just walking down the road in your own shirt. <laughs> Past a, the Emirates. What's a twat. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So yeah, search this out. If you haven't seen it yet, there'll be videos all over socials, YouTube, all that kind of thing. But mate, thank you so much for coming and joining us in the pub. It's something we've been talking about for ages. I remember you got in touch because you've listened to the pod for a while, right? Yeah, I spoke... Um... I spoke to you probably like two years ago, mm. I think. Just sort of asked when it was coming back, like every other person was, and getting annoyed that there was no more episodes dropping. So I've uh, been a fan since the very start. And, and then when there was a bit of a hiatus, I went back and started uh, listening to the ones from the very start again. So yeah, this is a, it's a dream to be on here, to be honest. It really is. Isn't oh, that, that is amazing. Yeah, no, it really is. Arsenal's number one. England squad, like, you must be over the moon how it's, how it's gone, your start to your Arsenal career. Yeah, definitely. I didn't... Um, I didn't think when I signed that I'd be in straight away. You know, the manager was up front with me and said, it might take you a year, might take you six months, um, but we don't see you as a number two. You know, it just depends on um, how the team's doing. And I think, thankfully for me, that we were in a tough moment at the start of the season and I got sort of through in and I managed to just sort of play with some with my confidence and, and yeah, just stayed in the team. And I think it always helps when, obviously, Burned is a, is a top keeper and a professional and he... It's so much easier to, to stay switched on than, than someone who just sort of tosses off. I know Arteta was instrumental in bringing you to the club. He must have really wanted you. The phone calls after sort of the ball got rolling, um, once the bid had been accepted, were, were instrumental for me. And it's not only the phone calls I had. As soon as I got there, he told me to be myself, try and shake the changing room up, you know, um, be confident. But um, there was definitely, I reckon, people who were just sort of saying, hold on a minute. Especially I was relegated for the second time. You know, 
24 million up to whatever it was is a lot of money, especially at the time was reported as a number two. Mm. So it was, it definitely would have been getting some criticism. Oh, I'm so pleased you're on, Aaron. This is going to be a good one today. So much that we need to get into. We've got Dave here as well, who's just going to... I think the great thing about having Dave on this series, Crouchy, is he can give stats that help boost your ego. I mean, your ego has taken a real boosting <laughs> since Dave has, has joined A boosting and a battering. That's true, yeah. Yeah, because we're slightly dubious as to whether Crouchy is actually, in fact, in the 100 Club or not. I don't really want to delve into some of the goals. I feel like all I can think of is goals that should have been... Taken off me. Dave, no, I'm working in a way where we're trying to get more. More yeah. goals, oh, more assists. Okay. I went through the Van der Vaart season. I tried my hardest to get you another assist. No. There was one that was borderline where we could have gone to the Premier League and said, look, we need more assists here. Yeah. We need to get closer to Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah. Unfortunately not. But there's, there's a few seasons to check and it's going to take me a bit of time to go through all the footage. Yeah, and look at him. He's got his little laptop over there. He's got it all set up. He's like Richard like Osman over Dave. there. He's got his, Dave, I'm he's loving got... it. So let's, let's bring Aaron in with a bit of a boost to his ego, right? What, what can you give us a couple of headlines that he might not? should say as well, obviously, we're in a boozer just around the corner from the Emirates. These are yeah, it's a the Champions sounds... League night as well, so mm. things are starting to heat up. Um... <laughs> well, let's start, with let's start with a big stat. Aaron this season has completed 99% of his passes with his hands. All right. I wouldn't have known that. Really? No, I would not have known that. Do you throw much? Yeah. um, I get told I need to do it more. Really? Yeah. I can start... Quick uh, throws. Counter-attacks. More than 99%. Yeah, but that doesn't say the whole thing though, Chris. That could only be 10... 10 throw outs a season. The, the, the volume was quite high and there was a few that were like out wide to wide right to Saka. There were a few to Martinelli that were counter-attack starting. That's why he's here. Boosting what a nerd. <laughs> what a loser. I, I, can see his, I can see his uh, laptop and it says, John Harrison, one of my fellow nerds. Yeah. Look, you have to back yourself. So Are you John... happy being a nerd? Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to roll with it. Look, I love numbers. I love watching. I was watching Aaron's passing out the back. Mm. Had a great time. Exciting. Some, there were some of those balls, especially to Odegaard. Fantastic. You think that in five, six years' time, keepers might be redundant. Is that, oh, is, that, is, is that what you're saying, Dave? I think keepers are going to become such a key cog in how teams play that they will be outfield players. They won't be considered as you, goalkeepers. You think that keepers will <laughs> it be less about goalkeeping and more about playing? For the, for the, for the best But what do you mean sides? by that? That Aaron's going to be unemployed in five no, years' time no. or that he's he'll be, be playing feet. outfield? Yeah, he'll, he'll be playing maybe in the middle of a back three, maybe, if you've got two centre-halves. And Aaron already does that a lot when they're building from the back. But I think... From a... You're being serious here. You, do you I'm actually think deadly that, serious. You agree with it as well, Aaron, yes? Stop it. There'll be a centre-back. You, you think that they will actually be able to... Almost effectively like a sweeper. I know there's sweeper-keepers mm. already, but you know, they'll be the central piece of that three at the back. So there was Bundesliga 2 about two, three years ago. There was a few coaches that were trying uh, keepers in central midfield in a sense of when you build out from the back, you play through that first line. We, I think we already do that. You know, Arsenal do it really, really well. But where I think it might change is like the progression. So you're in that mid-third of the pitch. How would you progress the ball? I think keepers could be used there. In the final third, I think keepers could be used there. It's an extra outfielder. You, you, you have one more player to play, play with. Well, so who, who, who goes in goal then? If, he, if he's playing behind the front? So your counter-press needs to be on point. Are you talking about rush goalie? Basically, fly keeper. <laughs> it's going to happen. What are you saying? <laughs> Not to that extent. <laughs> rush goalie. Um... <laughs> But no, it's his old we try and, Everything comes back round, doesn't it? We, Rush try, and, we back. try and now, uh, even now, we try and play where I become a centre of in a back four 
or a back three. Really? So this is happening now. So, this well, so you're training with defenders? No, 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 no. So when we when you do shape, when you're doing shape and you're you're going through playing out from the back, people who want to play out from the back teams now won't have goalkeepers just standing in the six yard box. They will be on the edge of the box or in line with the centre halves. Mm. Obviously, give the ball away, you're in a terrible position. But that is, if that's what the team wants, you have to hold your hands up. You look at City do it now anyway with Edison. He basically plays as a... He's hardly in his box when they're playing out from the back. I think there's so much we're going to go at here between strikers and goalies, rivalries between... I sort of feel like Aaron's encroaching on your outfield play with some of the stuff that's been talked about here. Are you feeling slightly <laughs> threatened at this point? Or? Yeah, like my... my the, what, what I used to say to goalkeepers when I played was catch it and kick it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me. Yeah, you know. um, and, um, and now they're getting well above their station, it seems. So if you're saying it's, <laughs> if it's moving in a direction, Aaron, what, what, what other goalies are you looking at and sort of seeing that that's the future or, or I guess that that's the way you want to be playing a bit more? I, that's a difficult one because it all depends on your, your team. But if you look at the teams who are playing this way to a degree already, you look at Edison for Man City. Um, the amount of times he, like I said before, he is outside of his box playing to the centre-halves and one of his centre-halves is in midfield or the full-backs in midfield. Allison not as high. But a few years ago, Allison chipped the ball over a striker's head. Like that wouldn't happen at all, and it probably shouldn't happen. But you know, he's got the confidence, and it's that sort of belief I think from the coaching staff, which he's been given to be like, do your stuff, like go and play. So I think that I don't necessarily look at keepers in that sort of sense. I just sort of look at their it's more the mentality dealing with mistakes and things like that. So you got to look at the best in the world for me. Noya doesn't care whatsoever. You, you, but you used to say they were freaks, didn't you? Goalies. They would be on their own. They'd be in their own little world, right? They're not proper footballers. And what Aaron's describing here is that their training is different to how you've explained it to me. No, no, I think, I think obviously things are, are evolving. My, my situation is like, I love it. I do think it's amazing. Like, well, I am joking. I think it's incredible. Like if you, another another centre-half, it makes perfect sense, like another outfield player. And I think if your press is fantastic, you can receive the ball. If you're good with the ball, you can start attacks. I get that. My only thing is that does the reward outweigh the risk you know because if you do give the ball away more often than not you probably concede a goal you're talking about the best teams in the league and possibly in the world doing it you're not talking about 20 Premier League teams doing yeah. it yeah, I, um, I sort of agree with you though Crouchy if a keeper fucks up it's, it's massive, the risk and reward it? but yeah. you've got a stat there Dave right about Alisson facing one-on-ones and that is down to the way Liverpool play right yeah for sure like you know Alisson again we've got to give a shout out to John Harrison but Alisson's saved um, Liverpool again you're not going to like this Crouchy 6.96 extra goals Aaron pretty decent fifth in the list here with uh, 2.45 who's bottom of that list Dave like, when, you, when you go through who do you walk around and put it in the net <laughs> Uh, there's a few keepers, uh, Crouchy, but I don't want to reveal any names. You know it's why, the not? why not? Because it's the secret of the industry. Look, I'm trying to protect it's goalkeepers. The of the I want goalkeepers Have you to seen be the guys. Dave, fuck them. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, Aaron Ramsell. <laughs> fuck the goalkeepers. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think... We can't hold this, Aaron. Bonus clips, it's fine. The thing is with stats is it's... I love hearing about the ones that make me look good. You know what I mean, but I don't like hearing it. Is that the same for you, Aaron, or do you, are you all over it? Do you want to know what's going on? 
No, I don't look at it whatsoever because, like, as you said, it can be very misleading or it can be very, very complimentary. So, as much as I'm taking a lot of interest there, it's just because I've not seen it before. Right. Um, the just yeah, interesting thing for me is I was fifth on the le- on the list and we're fifth, fourth or fifth in the league. So, I, that it gives me a sense of gratification because the team are doing well. So, I'm obviously in that certain yeah. subject I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing where the team's performing at. Would you say, like, that is a strong part of your game? Like, 1v1s or... Yeah, I'd, I'd say the 1v1s, you know, um, the spread technique, Kasper Schmeichel do it now, and he obviously emulated his dad. Uh, I've got a foreign coach for the first time, is my goalie coach, and he is very much into using your hands at diving at feet. So now I'm adding, trying to add more than one technique. It becomes difficult because I remember I conceded a goal at Watford away, where I went with my hands when I should have gone with my spread technique. Um, but we do a lot of work with sort of foam balls. Um, so obviously if you get one in the dish, it's not going to hurt. So mm. sort of it just becomes second nature in a game. But this is, again, something you're working on for a long, long time, especially in England, that sort of spread technique is one of their techniques which they, they use. He was always in the gym. I love yeah, the gym, that's don't all, they? that's all the same. Um, so Why do you love the gym so much? <laughs> just because of like everything we put our body through, upper body wise, mm. I'm 87 kg. Every time I land, depending on how forceful my jump is, I'm getting 87 to 100 plus kg going through elbows, shoulders, hips. You have to use your core a lot for saves, getting up, getting up, but also for saves, so you don't rotate the same as a spread. Can I? Can I? Can I just step in here? Like I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but I think the best save of the season was from you. I think you know the, the one from the free kick. Was mm-hmm. it Madison? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say Is that, so. yeah, 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 your best you've, you've ever... I've got produced? that or one one more, which I was a Wimbledon save against Luton a couple of years back on loan. It was like a deflected save, so... Yeah. Is that the kind of save where you get all the messages after the game? Other players or, or yeah, other I goalies? Or... It was quite funny. Um, we had in, sort of an England camp a few weeks later. I know Madders quite a bit, so that... And a few of the Leicester lads, so after the game and then... It was funny because the Leicester game at home, I made a, another decent save off Harvey Barnes and Brendan Rodgers' reaction sort of, <laughs> oh my word sort of thing. And I, he spoke to me after and said, I don't want to play against you again sort of thing. So yeah. I think... And also like, I remember watching Match of the Day, like everyone like pundits, uh, people tweeting about it. Was it. A biggie, it, became wasn't it? A, it became like a viral thing, didn't it? Like, yeah. What was, the, what was the maddest? Peter Schmeichel Peter Schmeichel it, yeah. tweeted about it. Yeah, Peter Schmeichel said it's the best save I've seen in the Premier League for years. So that was the maddest thing. Sounds like he's obviously like you've mentioned him a few times now. He's obviously a big. There's some plays in the Premier League. That's that's a bit shit house from him. Actually. Yeah, it's a bit a shit bit, house. Yeah. <laughs> Sun house, Sun house. He was at your end of the pitch as well. <laughs> and he was playing. He was playing. Talking of shit house, Aaron, uh, this is a subject I'd like to get into you, uh, into you about. Um, I believe you're on the way to becoming a top shit house. One of England's greatest. One of England's greatest. <laughs> The Keown move versus Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Uh, for me, top shithouse move of the season. It was good housery. Um, <laughs> but I think it got blown out of a bit of a proportion because there was five or six Arsenal players in front of me. So I celebrated with them. It looked like you were running towards him. It looked him. like yeah. it. I probably had that in my head and then stopped halfway. Yeah. But it's just emotion. Um, it's nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with his football club or anything like that. It's just pure emotion and I find it quite funny how uh, other players or other fans can do what they want to, to goalies who stand there on their own mm. for 90 minutes get abused. I waved at a Chelsea fan the other week 
He was giving me all sorts all, week, all, all second half and we scored the penalty and I waved at him. And the security guard said, why'd you do that? That wasn't necessary. So I said, you've listened to everything he said. Yeah. Every name under the sun. But I can't simply wave. So um, it's enjoyment for me. It when you were being Keown in that moment though, right? So Did was Keown enter your mind at all? At yeah, were you pretending to be Keown? I think, I'm pretty sure Martin was the BT man before was, the game with was, Rio. Yeah. And he was on the pitch. Maybe it just stuck in there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that, it was that's self- subconscious. Subconsciousness, yeah. yeah, maybe. That is subconscious. You thought there's Keown, Van Nistelrooy. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do it one better. I, yeah, like subconsciously, you might have thought that. Yeah, maybe. Did, did Keown say anything to you afterwards? I've not I've never met him. Oh, we need that to happen. That I've never spoke to Martin. Just a shit house off. <laughs> you know, like it'll be like a rap battle. Just Ooh, just in the defense, I've watched fifty-seven minutes today of Aaron saves, and it's a frequent thing. Look, you, you high five your teammates when you've done that. And it's a good part of your game, right? It builds up the confidence of the players around you. It keeps me engaged if I'm, you know, giving some out to the to players or fans. I can't make a mistake, so I'm gonna get hammered. So after Fernandez missed that penalty, if I knew if he'd have scored against me, I'm in big, big trouble. <laughs> Would you've accepted a Keown back if he'd have scored if he if no after the penalty oh, yeah, like, you've Keown him 100% he then scores and I'd have shook his hand after the game really? and said fair play well, he Keowns you yeah you'd accept I'd have said fair play after the yeah, game yeah. yeah but I don't think his level of housery would have took him that far <laughs> <laughs> don't, but don't you love these um, these moments in football where the it's like revenge is later on in the game and you saw it with Allison recently as well. Like I thought, some superb housery from him. Oh, as well. You know what? These yeah. things you, think that you remember little things that happen, and you think, you know what? You can, you will have your day. And when Pickford did that and winked, right? It wound up a lot of Liverpool fans. It wound up a lot of people. And the fact that Allison did it, I, I thought that was top housery. That top. Yeah. What was and, your take on on that housery? That, again, that's something which I think if it's reciprocated well by both people, I don't have any problem with it. It's when you see one person do it and, for instance, if Jordan would have done it and then after the game would have had a problem with Alisson doing it, yeah. I think that's when it just becomes petty and things. But yeah. I know Jordan as a person. And if you, you give if, it. If, if you give it, you've got you, to take you it. You've got to take it. Got to. All right, but how much is it premeditated with you? So None. none. All right. You know, yeah, but you're genuinely, genuinely in the moment or before games, like you know you've, you're getting this reputation now for being in the face of people and, and being a fan on the pitch and having this energy, doing the things that as fans we think we would do if we were in your position. But then I'm, right? then I'm thinking about things which I'm not thinking about the game. Yeah. I'm never thinking about what I'm going to do. So the Leicester thing, um, the your shit advert thing. That was that, great. Just because I was having a good game and it was enjoyable and they were giving me all sorts. How do they um, react? I, I think, as a fan, I think fans react better when, if you do something like that, they actually, do you know what? You know, and that's when, you know, back in the old, the old day, I don't know if it still goes on, no, it, you, you swap ends and you get clapped by the away fans. I make, yeah, you know, still, like, still I make a point to clap the fans, apart from, obviously, Tottenham this season, yeah. because I think that would, wouldn't go down too well, but every game I play, the away end or either end at certain yeah. grounds, I will make an effort to clap. But even if you're getting shit, because... Even if I'm getting shit. But I think, I think it's nice ah. to clap, it's nice to respect the goalkeeper, then give him shit for then 40 minutes. You, and, then, and I think that's totally... And then like, the of, that is the shout, And at the end of the game, you yeah. have a little clap. Yeah. Goalies do have to experience this for the full game. I'm literally taking a goal kick and standing certain grounds 
three or four yards away from the front row. Has any ground ever rattled you? Yeah. Akington Stanley away. <laughs> really? My football league debut, chucked two in. Really? And uh, I had three sides, in of, your head. three sides of the stadium singing, it's all your fault. Really? And my mum was ready to fight them all. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. hard. Like in the early Football days. Day, and then Jeff Stelling on Sky was like, oh, his kit's too big, he looks too young and all this. Oh, how old there. were you? 18. First ever football league game. Shows a lot about your character. You know, like people go under in those situations. That is a horrible... I had it myself. Like, I missed a couple of chances and in my second game for QPR, I think, and I got absolutely... I was laughed at, you know, and I thought to myself, oh my God, maybe I'm not cut out. Did you... Did, did, it, did anything go through your mind like, maybe this isn't for me? Um, not that it wasn't for me. Uh, it was funny. The weekend later, we played Luton. One of my best friends plays for Luton. And he was telling me that their lads were laughing at me on the bus saying, because he was bigging me up before. I played for England under 18 or whatever. Kept a clean sheet against them the next week. So then I got the, like, the last laugh. And then the week later, I missed the ball. Chucked one in again. And then it was almost like, we got relegated. And then it was almost like, oh, maybe... Maybe I am maybe better sort of sticking around at Bournemouth. Got back to Bournemouth and I was like, nah, I can't sit here. Like, I, I don't like training too much. It doesn't give me a buzz. I need to be on a pitch and that yeah. goes back full circle to fans battering me. I weirdly get some satisfaction against it. Yeah, that is, that, I mean, that is, that's definitely a thing, but that's definitely the mentality of someone who will, will always achieve something. He's also saying that he thrives off this sort of... Uh, difficult energy that yeah. comes from people. I think that's right. where I've been though. So Chesterfield, my first ever loan, bottom of the league, League 2. My second ever loan, the year later, Wimbledon, both in January, bottom of the league by 12 points. Uh, managed to stay up. So I think Bournemouth relegated, Sheffield United relegated. So I think starting in hardship, started in a team which was struggling, I think that's that gives me the, the base anyway. I think yeah. it's quite so easy what, when so you're winning, isn't it? freak you out more if the crowd weren't on you? And we're just totally quiet. Like what I'm just wondering is like the more shit you get, it's, you seem to feed off that. Yeah, I think that's why I, I really, I think I struggled at the start of last season. No crowds. And probably towards the yeah, end of the Bournemouth right. season. Because um, some players really faltered in that environment, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, You've yeah. seen some it though in training, haven't you? Yeah. You can have so many amazing training players oh, on a Saturday. See them all the time. Falls out. See them all the time. So, but it? then as soon as lockdown came, then certain players were through the roof with stats and goals and assists clean sheets or whatever yeah I think that yeah and then as soon as the fans come back you don't really see them or they go some abroad or something so true but I, I feel like you've got the mentality right to play at a at World Cup like that scrutiny like playing for England is a different level than it right you play for England it goes up a notch how would you first game of the World Cup right you're number one how, how are you feeling? Are you thriving off that or are you feeling it a bit? Or? I've got, I've, I'm, I've, of course, I'm nervous before yeah. the game. I get out for the warm-up and I'm absolutely fine because then it just goes into autopilot. Work mode. Yeah, it goes into autopilot of what I've been doing since I was six years old, catching a football, going out for the tunnel. Um, but then you're with people around you at the England team who make you comfort, comfortable and confident. So national anthem goes, I'll be fine. Big pressure, I would thrive off. Um, I think my main sort of aim at the moment maybe is uh, I need to be careful of how many teams I piss off and I'm being genuinely serious because at one point I hope to be an England goalie so I don't want, I, I want their support but yeah first World Cup game I'd be uh, I'd be ready what I'd a thing be, to say yeah. 
I just need to be careful about how many teams I piss off. <laughs> so true. Chris, we're all waiting to see who finishes bottom of one particular fantasy football league. It's a biggie. I feel like we've got really invested in this. So there's this relegation battle in one of our listeners' league. And the situation is whoever loses has to wear the Peter Crouch-style bikini to the darts in Blackpool in the summer. Remind everyone what that bikini is. The bikini is um, a stats vest that all the Premier League players wear and my green lucky pants together with nothing else at the darts. So we gave these away at the uh, start of this series. And then we mentioned last week about the PDC. They're the people who run the darts and they got in touch to help make the occasion a bit more of a special one. And And, and I have to say, this really is special. The PDC have confirmed that the bikini wearer will complete a walk-on in the style of a darts player and possibly throw some arrows on the stage. Phenomenal. And by the way, we need to go to the darts together at some point, full fancy dress. Well, I think... Let's go to this one. Yeah. What a moment that's going to be when they're wearing your bikini. To be fair to them, it's going to be a bit embarrassing, but it'll be epic. It'll be a hero moment and they'll be passing the pod in the biggest way possible. It'll be absolutely incredible. Imagine him coming to the stage wearing <laughs> some arrows in the bikini. Everyone's got the cards. Mike Dean slaughters chickens. Oh, what evening. should the walk-on music be? Should we do Vanessa Carlton? Vanessa Something Carlton. like that. Oh, God, it's got imagine, imagine the full... <laughs> diddly, diddly, diddly. Like... Making my way, you know, and starts walking in the bikini to the. Oh shit! This is so good. Can we make this happen, George? Yeah, like this is. Yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So the PDC, we obviously want to say thank you so much. They obviously listen to this and then get involved. And um, so, I'm intrigued to know who's going to finish bottom in this fantasy football, and we will update you accordingly. (laughs) Right, just a quick one on this signed Chris Stark foot massager that's going up for sale very soon. Look out on all the socials. You need to cover uh, postage. I think that's it. Well, I think we, we yeah. capped it at £5.50. It's going to cost max to get the uh, signed Chris Stark for some foot massage. Yeah, right I, I'm not really bothered about money for this. It was really just to give an idea of the kind of thing that we want you guys to come on and advertise in this podcast. Because, you know, there's a few adverts on it. And uh, so we thought it's only fair that we give you guys the chance to, yeah. to kind of flog any old shit that you have or any, anything you want. So get your bids in, get your bids in. Um, and the next podcast, we've got our first advert produced by a listener. Yeah, we've already had a few emails from people wanting to advertise on a pod, all sorts of stuff, mud flaps, uh, beard trimmers. Uh, they, these all sound like uh, derogatory terms for... I've got, I've got a beard trimmer. You know, you know your, your manscaping trimmer? Yeah. I've got one that's full of pubics. That I, it doesn't work anymore. Well, you're offering that? Well, I'm just thinking, you know, there's a market out there. You know, <laughs> there is. That, that, that potentially might, might want that. Aaron, it's so good getting you along for this podcast. So, um, obviously, we get loads of emails. You know the drill. Do you want to take one of them here? Yeah, so Anne-Marie, she's been asking. I've been thinking about what the bedtime routine looks like for all the Premier League managers. I've decided who is a full pyjama man, who reads a book, who falls asleep with the TV on, and who necks a scotch. (laughs) To get you started, she thinks Tuchel definitely wears full (laughs) pyjamas. I, I, I've got a weird thing about Tuchel, right? Um, whenever, whenever he comes on the telly, Ab reckons he's really fit. Is, is he on Ab's list? You know, like the five, like... Well, no, because he lives around the corner. <laughs> I hope See, not. that's the worry, isn't it? Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine you found out it was well, I came home and Tuchel was in full pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so getting back to it. 
Yeah, I think the easiest way to sort of tackle this beast of a question is we each pick a manager and then describe their bedtime routine. That's probably the... There's the dog again. Mate, if he comes <laughs> near me, I'm, I'm, I'm going, through the, going through the kitchen. Um, okay, Amory. So, Rafa reads a book. Rafa reads Rafa books. reads a book. Million I was going to say Pep, Pep as well. Like Pep's got a little bit of like yeah. philosophy about him, I'd say. Full pyjamas, Aaron? Maybe Mikel. <laughs> yeah, maybe some nice cotton or linen or whatever it is. You think he's a full pyjama man? Maybe. Are you imagining more robe than... Yeah. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I, can, I think you've got. Nice yeah. slippers. <laughs> Initialed? Maybe off the wife. Yeah. I can imagine... Mikhail, actually, if you think about it, little M and an A. Yeah, because he's very sort of well yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very guy, isn't he? I've got, can I just throw one in here? Which manager sleeps completely naked? <laughs> Great shout. Clock! 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 He sinks a pint of German lager. Strips down, gets into bed with his missus. I do think Klopp's bollock naked, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really good really? shout. He's I a maverick, isn't he? I can't, I can't would, see that. You'd name another Premier League manager. Conte. Conte. Oh, 100%. I know what Conte is before bed. Top off, ball stranglers, straight in. He, 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 a pair of Armani's, Calvin's, but tight little ones. Mm. <laughs> what's, what's Gerard doing, Crouchy? You know him best. Come on, Crouchy. <laughs> <laughs> I've done you here, haven't I? <laughs> I've done you here. Come on, Grouchy. Don't be a shit, man. Come on. Oh, he's a manager. He's a family manager now. Come on. Describe his bedtime routine. Naked. Is he? Gerard. 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 Uh, Just shout that when he gets into bed. Yeah. (laughs) Gerard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you want another manager or do you want to answer? Yeah, go on. Fire a manager. I'll tell you, Frank. (laughs) Great shout. You've shared with him, haven't you? I think it's more it's more boxers. I think I think Lampard goes straight to sleep. He doesn't look at TV. He doesn't. Do you think? Because I can't shout that. Puts TV on and just falls asleep in the background. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a TV. Wait, makes Crouchy turn it off and yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. Yeah, Potter. What's Potter doing? Book. (laughs) That's a shout. No, definitely. Hasselhoodle. Southampton. (laughs) It's a great game. (laughs) I think I think as well. He's a naked man. Hasselhoof. Yeah, I think... You Naked. Know, yeah, it's a bit warm in the UK. Obviously, he's used to the Austrian Alps. <laughs> Missed anyone out? Patrick Vieira. Got to be naked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be naked. All night. Right, what's the latest with the Brewdog Beer Wizard, Crouchy? We're hoping to make the load to reality. It's kind of been put on your shoulders, this. I'm all over it, Chris. Yeah, how are we going? Um, things are coming along nicely. I'm at the point now where we need to start thinking about the can design. Here's the latest email. Uh, it says, we're working on a recipe at the Brewdog Brewery to make sure the Lalut is as good as all our other beers. I'm confident we're going to crack it very soon and I'll be able to send you some samples. That would be nice. Some samples would be nice. We can go, we can beer taste. I also feel we, we've done a lot of talking. You know, a little less conversation, a bit more action now. It's kind yeah. of, we all know what we're aiming conversation. for <laughs> What we're, yeah, so what we're aiming for Elvis there. Is, um, is is the new drink, right? Yep. We want this to not just be the podcast drink that we drink whilst we're doing the podcast like we do, but we want you guys to be able to go to a pub or go to a supermarket and be able to get the drink, buy it as a can or go and order it. That's sort of the dream. They're, they're saying that they're going to put the stout and the, and the lager in the can. Yeah. So you don't have to mix it. You're going to take all the hassle... Well, that's what we need to decide. Oh, Unless yeah. we design the can in such a way that 
there's some sort of technology. I'm always baffled by the cans, you know, with the little ping pong ball in. The widget. The widget. I've never really worked out what that needs, but it's that sort of science. It creates some froth, doesn't it? But that's what I mean. Do we need that in it? For yeah, example? well, could you have half the lager and then the widget, once you open the can, it then creates a low. Also, with the low, we've always said it's half stout, half lager. Are those proportions right? Has anyone experimented yeah, yeah, yeah. with slightly, yeah. you know, 60-40? No, no. no, it needs, it needs to 50, be 50 it's, it's a full-on 50-50, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no way around that. The thing is about the Brewdog Beer Wizard is we, we haven't given him too much direction so far. We've been sort of taking his advice on how we go about making this drink. He's kind of organised this series of events. I know you're in communication with him, but we all need to pile in with what we want this drink to be. Like, for example, what percentage should it be? I don't think it's a white vest kind of scenario yeah <laughs> but then again i don't want it to be do we want it to be a, a non-alcoholic session drink we're gonna yeah. get bang on it with a low yeah i can't argue with that so i i think are we imagining a kind of i i'm sort of seeing it as a 4.2 4.3 percent we don't want people you know going going bananas on it i think a four point between between four and five yeah. percent yeah. Not too strong, but not too weak. So there might be some science just right. Yeah, the most important thing is that the listeners get involved and I think we design this all together, you know, like talk about percentages, talk about the can, talk about the advertising. Yeah, we'll all be more proud, I think, if we end up being able to, say, buy this drink, if we've all been We've all, part we've of all created it. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, there's thousands of people getting in touch. We've got this message from Callum. He says, uh, I just listened to the pod and heard the news about the possible low taste test. Being the podcast ambassador for Aberdeenshire, I feel this falls into my territory as Brewdog HQ is in Ellen, which is near my house. If you come up north for a taste test, I'll make sure you're properly looked after. I'm going to do some digging to find out more about the Beer Wizard, as I know some people who work at Brewdog. Good to know more about the Brewdog Wizard. We talk about, we don't know too much about him, sort of what he gets up to, well, that's if he's like- a wrong one. You know. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's only ever he's only ever introduced himself as the beer wizard to me, right? He could be he could be a Carl. Get in, get in touch. Let us know if you can do some digging and find out what the beer wizard's doing. No, because he clearly knows what he's doing, but that doesn't stop them being a bellend, does it? You can be great at your job and still a bellend. You've played yeah. with many players that are that yeah, exactly that character, true, yeah. a wizard on the pitch, but an utter bellend. Yeah, lady in the street, but a freak in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we don't know. We don't know what the beer. Uh, wizards is on it. Yeah, if he does, listen, if he gets a good, if he gets a good beverage, it doesn't matter if he's a Carl, really, does it? Yeah, yeah. He clearly knows what he's doing, and and what we'll do is we'll just keep updating you with the progress of the Lau. At some point, hopefully, we will be there, proud with the drink, and just keep giving as many ideas as you can towards us. Don't you think it'd be amazing, actually, if we got if this actually came off? Yeah, yeah. Because I feel the good thing about having Brewdog involved in this is they can actually make it happen. That's the point of this, is like, this was a drink that we've been making in the pub whilst doing the podcast, and we see people enjoying it on the weekends. But what we have here is a shot at actually turning it into a drink. So yes, all right, we're making a bit of a story on this podcast, but think about that moment we can actually actually make this thing a reality. It's, it's almost beer housery. It's a scandal, really, if it comes off. I'd love to see it. Um, listen, get your emails in. Help us design it. Get involved. Uh, the email address is peter.crouch at acast.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I like, Aaron, that you keep looking over at Dave's laptop there at the various stats. So you say you're not into stats, right? But it's amazing when stats are there, you want to look at them. Yeah, I'm not. We don't, I don't use them. It's very interesting. It I, interesting. I, I, um, I like it. Um, and, it, and it probably gives you a sense of... It probably gives you a sense of sort of realisation as well. You think you're decent at something and actually you're shit. <laughs> what <laughs> so have you, you noticed you're... there? What are you looking at? What's the sweeper keeper stuff? So that's a defensive action outside the penalty area. So if a keeper comes off his line... Just getting there before the striker. That, yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He's, he's playing high. So if we look at the Premier League in terms of number of actions, uh, Nick Pope's number one, which is an interesting one with Burnley, but you'd expect maybe because Burnley don't have much of the ball as a high-frequency event. Then you've got, obviously, you know, the likes of Alisson, uh, you know, Jose Sarr, uh, Meslier, high line with Bielsa. And then, of course, you're there. What number's in, that? In, in uh, fifth position. But second, if you look at the top six... And I think that was, for me, the interesting side of looking at Sorry, goalkeepers. Sorry, stop that one again. What do you mean? So, he's look at the fifth, top six teams. Look at the top six teams. Oh, sorry. He's second yeah. in that okay. list. Yeah. I think it's, it's a nice way to spin it. it yeah. It's difficult to, it's a confidence booster, isn't it? to look at it in a sense. Like, well, we'll probably day, about if you, if you take point. out all the other teams that aren't in the top six, then, then Aaron's second. If you take out the other 18 teams, that have stayed <laughs> up in the last few years. So. <laughs> Dave just beautifully played that. If you take out the top six teams, you're actually second. (laughs) That is surprising. Even though you say Burnley are camped in quite a bit, I still wouldn't expect Popey to be coming Mm. out of his box so much. Quite a high line of engagement. uh, Popey's is 18.1 metres. So quite high. Top top of the tree. Top Top of of the tree. tree in the Premier League. But I think, you know, looking at those distances, looking at those actions, what I think it ties quite well is in terms of the pressing. So if you look at press success rates, how many times you win the ball back through pressure, Arsenal are third in the Premier League behind, you know, Liverpool and Man City. So it's all coming together as a team style thing, which we were previously talking about. It's very important. You know, the manager said from sort of day one, this is how he wants to play. We've spoke about it a little bit, becoming an extra centre-half and, and build-up possession. Um, on corners, if they leave no one up, I'll be standing on the halfway line. If they leave someone back, I'll just be flowing outside my... 18-yard box. And this all comes down to training. I, I get it wrong a hell of a lot of times in training. I'll probably end up going too far in training as well. Um, so when I'm playing high and I get a ball back, I probably think I've got more time and I'll get tackled every now and then. But that probably gives me a, a sense that in a game, I know I haven't got that time. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably a realisation that, all right, in training, I, I, I find my limits of how I can do it. And there's been times this season, Southampton at home rings a bell. We scored a great team goal. But for the first four passes of that, we looked like we could have given it away at any single time. Um, so, there's pros yeah. and cons, but... Is, is Arteta big on stats? We're very much into defending corners, attacking corners, set pieces. I believe we've had a couple hundred or maybe 180-odd corners against and we've not conceded yet in the, se- in the league this season. So, we're definitely into that and that's... Uh, expected goals from set pieces and against. So um, we have a set piece coach who's who's hard on us with that, um, and he sets targets for us. And and uh, I think we're I think it's four games, five games left to to try and complete the whole season without conceding from a corner. 
Dave's getting very excited as you but, I mean, he's all over like, it. I just see his fingers he's tapping gone away. Red. He's, he's, like, he's gone red. It's all going off. <laughs> I'm just dead excited. He's like, buzzing <laughs> off Aaron. We've Aaron just... we got a little bit of XG as well. I thought you were going to lose. Yeah, no, Aaron, we got it in. Aaron, I didn't say it. Aaron was XG talking about everywhere. some stats there and it was like he was getting off on it. I couldn't believe <laughs> it, could he? <laughs> <laughs> we almost lost his laptop there. In, in, but... Right, so the impression I've always got from Crouchy with the manager's relationship with goalkeepers is that the manager was more bothered with the outfield players and the goalies were kind of more into themselves. And, and the impression I'm getting from you is that the manager's quite involved with you. So this is where I know me and Crouchy earlier were having a bit of banter about goalies being more important, but that is the way it's going now. When we're doing build-up phase, the manager's basically speaking to me. He tells people where to go. He gives me a a format of how to how to play, but then puts his arm around me and says, you're playing the game. You make your own decisions. He's getting a big coat. <laughs> Sorry, there's a dog in the pub. It's, uh, it's one of those places for that. <laughs> Watch out, crowds. You might be an Alsatian. It's an Alsatian. This will be the Maybe end of the podcast. There's a pub could be over. <laughs> he also brought me to the club. He was heavily involved in bringing me to the club. So I almost, not necessarily um, favouritism, but... No, but you get a, the big coat. He has Do you know a, what I mean by that? Yeah. He, has, he gives me the added, added sense of... Are you parched? No, Arsenal? absolutely not. Who's parched? Oh. Because <laughs> oh. it sounds like you might be parched no, at no, Arsenal. No, no, no. no, you, no. He's, he's put a lot of time and effort. Leno would think you're parched, I reckon. <laughs> he, he would 100% think <laughs> He's there. To, that's right. He's texting everyone else, isn't he's he? He's texting his pals. Parched. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've signed parched. Martin Odegaard's parched. <laughs> Martin Odegaard. Martin Sweet boy. Odegaard's parched. He looks parched. He looks parched. To be fair, he was playing for Real Madrid when he was 12 or something. Yeah, yeah. He's been around and... Yeah. Is, he, is he already talking tactics with the manager at his tender age? I don't know what to say because I'm speaking in Spanish. Right. But, you know, like sort of day after a game if we're in the gym for recovery, he'll speak to most people in English. Maybe one or two of the lads who are English ain't great. But Martin's English is perfect and he's speaking Spanish. Yeah, but he's speaking Spanish. That's parched like behaviour. Yeah, how parched. <laughs> and I'll tell you who's another parched. Cedric Suarez. He thinks he's a future pep. Really? Cedric. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he needs to rein it right. Oh, up, brilliant. Really? Yeah. But then Martin's just a... El Parcio. Boss, boss baby, El Parcio. Yeah. What Parcio. a revelation. <laughs> the sp- oh, some more of your languages coming out then, <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, Crouchy loves the languages. I'm good at them. Very good. Spanish for parched is El Parcho. El Parcho. <laughs> I want to get into the draft excluder. Right? This, you're your favourite, isn't it? This is my absolute favourite. I've been gagging to talk this about. Is this is also for me as well. Like it's not something that I had when I was playing. Like so I'd be a hell of a fucking good. But draft you'd be excluder. it. <laughs> but, but they don't. So they don't often use a striker as a draft excluder. But you would if have. You had some you'd of have the attributes that oh, I have. You'd be so good. So in, back in the day, back in the day, you never had the foam. You did towards the end of your career, no? What? The foam on the floor. No, no foam. Yeah, towards the, towards end, the end. Actually, yeah. But yeah. then back in the day, you, yeah. your wall would be seven yards. Yeah, because you just creep. Yeah, you so you creep, never yeah. needed really. And that's how you don't. That's, oh, so now you do with the ten yard half prop. You and that's really why. Is, is that important for you? A free kick. You would you would say to. Oh, Tess, you say, I need a draft excluder. And are you doing Depending it because you think playing. you need it? Or no. are you doing it because you just want to see one of your players out like a little no, bitch? Just for, need to, need to, play, need to depend on who we're do you, playing. Do you, you think it's important? <laughs> so yeah. many questions. Do you think yeah. it's important? Yeah, so you play do. James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> if you've got someone underneath the wall... And you've That's got, ruled out. And you've got a six-foot-three, six-foot-four, a six-foot-three and a six-foot-three in the wall. And they jump all at the same time when the ball is 
going over the yeah, wall. It's not sense. It gives him hardly any chance. He's so good where he can still do it. And depending on who we play, I have one. So free kick, right? Do do they look at you to make the call whether you want to draft yeah. it, Scooter? And then do you point at the player and go, you? No, he knows down. before the game. No so designated draft so excluder. The draft yeah. excluder knows yep. the Arteta will pick. Um, you're excluded. Set piece coach will pick. Sick, sick you, do you get a say? Well, I could do. If he starts putting Gabriel as a draft excluder <laughs> and I've got Cedric and Martin defending James Tarkowski in the box. Yeah. Do you think draft excludes? Because I think what makes it quite funny is they face away from the ball. They have to. So they're lying. Yeah, but don't you think it's more manly to face the ball Not as the draft excludes? Not allowed. If it hits your hand, oh, hands, VAR. Hands, yeah. You won't get yeah, VAR. How man- draft so this is why, seriously, how manly would it be if you faced front on and put the arms <laughs> behind your back? Before the Euros, uh, referees came in and whatnot and, and spoke to the team. And we asked a question and they said it's better if you turn the wrong way. If <laughs> you, asked, you asked if the draft excluder can face the ball. It's going to win you a tournament or not. Yeah, but why? But there's not many benefits other than just looking fucking hard. No, I, that yeah. you would take a ball in the See, face or the you bollocks. Need to, you yeah, need but that's to, why you, you need to switch on now. Right? You can say about the wall. Like, why doesn't the wall face the other way? You need to switch point. on because if something happens and he's facing the ball, he can see most of where the ball lands. <laughs> so he could be facing the other way and be, and be keeping right. people offside and stuff. Can you tell me, is there a rule against, say, some goggles being bought on? <laughs> like, like a you're mask. So char- you're so childish. Like, yeah. You're so childish. Yeah, yeah. But just entertain it for it? a minute. Shall right. I do it? Martin Odegaard. He's my draft excluder. Facing forward. Al Pacio. Al Pacio. Al Pacio. Al Pacio is my draft excludio. Yeah, but when he goes to lie down, go, no, turn around. <laughs> Shall we try? I'll try. Face it. So if we see Arsenal and Odegaard's draft excluding full frontal. <laughs> full frontal. Which have I brought a cup on? We know. A cricketer's cup and a, and a yeah. helmet. Yeah, that's what I think someone runs on. Can you imagine the first full frontal draft excluder? Is El Parcio. Is El Parcio. <laughs> Twitter will explode. You're so invested in this draft excluder. I love you? it. I'll tell you what, I've because got a question, sorry. I think it's, I, I t- just to explain, I think the draft excluder it's is, is new. And I think that's why it's fascinating. It's It's been interesting seeing what Crouchy thinks of it because it didn't exist and why it's there. And sometimes I feel it's just people going through the motions. It's a bit like sniffing the court with a wine or something. It's not totally necessary. It's, it's, it's like something like, it's interesting hearing like obviously a modern day goalkeeper um, explain it to me. And like the way you've explained it there is like if the wall's jumping, the draft excludes underneath, it's, it's almost cancelling out that, that whole corner to mm. some degree where you're in the other corner. So if I our do... wall jumps properly and there's no gaps, yeah. that sh- and that allows me just... to stay where I am where you are. as long as possible. But Dave, I've got, I've got a Love huge that. question for you now. For next week, could you please get the stats on how many times the draft excluder is utilised? It probably never gets hit ever. Maybe but, once. Yeah. We, we think about it like the... We always remember them over history, I think, in terms of like a Ronaldinho under the wall or this guy under the wall and that. Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne under the yeah, wall. Brighton away. And it, you, you're basically covering, like you're saying, half the goal. Alonso did it a couple yeah. of times. If you, yeah. if you do it properly, it gives the goalkeeper a huge advantage to stay in his side. I mean, is there anything you want to talk about here? I mean, there's potential Champions League that I feel like we haven't really discussed. How are you feeling about all that? What would be the moment for you? Is it hearing that song? Yeah, hearing a song. Um, maybe doing the Ronaldinho lip, lip sort of uh, movement. You know, the famous AC Milan one, I think it is. So, um, yeah, just... Hearing that song special, isn't it? 
Oh, it's so good. Do, is do, that, do is you know that, about is... Do you know about the guy? Who made yeah, Crouchy told me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Champions League. Imagine this, right? Imagine you're stood there, cameras panning past you. What a moment that will be. <laughs> is um... as long as we're not playing like Real Madrid or something. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is special. But you want to, don't you? you know I mean, like you want to play in those massive games in those huge stadiums. Like it's just such an amazing occasion, the Champions League, and being a part of it's so special and. Hopefully you get to sample that. First time on the podcast, how's it been? Yeah, amazing. Uh, I think there's plenty more we could have spoke about, but oh. um, time's running out. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. We'll do it. We'll do it another time. And also, I think it's like, now you've done the podcast as well, I think there'll be a lot of our listeners that are looking out for ways that you can pass the pod. Is there anything in particular you think you can... I think it's sort of, we've done this with players before where they celebrate goals and it's a bit of a passing of the pod. It'd be good if... But I was thinking, you know, when you love from Aaron. Yeah, when you're when you're celebrating a, a goal like like you do, um, if you could just perhaps do the the bike celebration, the bicycle. Yeah, or you can, if that's not inspired you enough, maybe you could come up with something there. Well, I'll do something most definitely. Yeah, either the bike or just passing the pod in some way. It'll be done by the end of the season. I don't doubt out. that for a second. Yeah. It's been good fun. Sorry about all the noise. We've obviously recorded this in a pub just around the corner from the Emirates and uh, it's really kicking off in the kitchen. You might have heard a few, a few orders coming in. The odd dog bark here or there, but I think it's been a good one, Crouchy. It's been a great one, mate. Honestly, do you know what? And also, like, it's been really insightful learning about sort of the goal, goalkeeper's regime, like how you train, the stats and, and the techniques, really, and also the, the future of it. You know, like a huge part of a goalkeeper's mm. makeup, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be tough and challenging times, isn't it? But if that's the way football's going, you've got to be able to adapt or you don't stay, stay around for long, do you? We always finish with our podcast catchphrase. So Aaron, we'll let you do the honours and tell everyone. For the next episode, we're going to be... Back stronger. <laughs> I love that. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.